Christiana Imafedon, thank you so much for joining us today at the Harrington Star uh, Financial Services podcast. Thank you so much. We're calling much. it our humans of fintech, so sure. welcome as one of our very first humans uh, on, the, on the show, as I'll call it. Um, but I'm over the moon to have you, just so that everyone's aware um, of who Christiana is. Um, I would describe you to be an expert in the blockchain community. Um, I would describe you as uh, an avid speaker uh, within financial services. Um, I was even at an International Women's Day conference sponsored by UBS, and you were one of the speakers, and it was fantastic. Thank we'll, you. We'll go into, into that a bit more um, in a minute. But just for everyone to know, um, Christiana uh, did her maths GCSE at the age of nine. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. Um, you're also the youngest student to ever go to a British university at the age of 11. Uh, you also uh, received a scholarship to go to Imperial. So uh, there's definitely uh, a few brave cells. <laughs> <laughs> Just a few. Just a few. Just um, you've written a sellout book on Amazon. Um, could you remind us of what that's called? Maths Manual. Maths Manual. Yes. Um, and um, and that's just just a few of the the great successes of your life so far. So, you know, thank you so much for for, for joining me today. Um, this will be as a podcast, but also um, on the video. So, thank you so much. Um, but what I wanted us to do today was to talk a little bit more about um, the inclusion and diversity discussions that are happening in and around uh, the fintech community at the moment. Um, I think you're somebody that's been within the community for a number of years, and I was really interested to hear your thoughts and opinions um, on where we have been, where we are now, and where we're going. Right. So perhaps if you could sort of tell us where, where you see we have been sure. as a way to kick off. I, I think um, in terms of where we have been as an industry, I think we've been in very much an infatuation phase, and an infatuation with the shininess and the sparkliness of technology and its ability to be able to solve problems. Yeah. I think where we're coming to at the moment is, okay, we need some hardcore business cases yeah. that are tangible and that can be taken to the market today. Mm-hmm. And I think in future, what you'll find is more profitability. Yeah. So honestly... I entered the industry at a time where everyone was still raising money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it was very much the archetypal startup community scene. Yeah. And what I have seen progress is that now there's more sophistication either to fundraising or there's more sophistication to the technologies that are being used Mm. to deliver financial services Mm -hmm. in fintech. And I think that now the incumbents and the institutions are sitting up, they're taking notice, and they want to collaborate, which is exciting. And I know that that's something that that you love doing. And as a a blockchain expert, um, I suppose if you could tell us a little bit more about how blockchain itself has changed over... Or, or I suppose it's understanding, because I know that's very much what you stand for. Yes. Being able to explain that terminology, exactly what that is to a child, I remember you, yeah. you, you telling me. It's a very exciting challenge. Just when you were asking that question, I felt a bit of nostalgia, because yeah. I actually entered blockchain about four years ago, yeah. two years ago, and it was through a hackathon. So I've heard about this. Uh, yeah. So, so we, we had to come up with an idea where we can 
give an identity to 230 million children who had been unaccounted for by authorities in Africa and India. And the idea that the group that I was in came up with was that, you know, you take a picture of the child's face because their face changes throughout their life, through adolescence, and so on and so forth. Uh, but then also a fingerprint, which is quite unique to people. Mm-hmm. So it was taking a picture of their face and a picture of their their fingerprint and storing that information on the blockchain every year of their life. And then when they turn 18, they own that digital identity. So that's their digital form of an ID card, as it were. Um, And, you know, for me, with blockchain, the reason why it's so exciting is because I really feel that, you know, over the past 18 months, there's been a lot of hype. And there's been a lot of hype because of the valuation of Bitcoin, which is more or less why it became popular. But actually, blockchain as a technology has been around for almost 30 years. And what has been really exciting recently is that what's given it rise is cryptocurrencies and, and the Bitcoins. So where I feel that blockchain is going to at the moment is that there's going to be more ways that blockchain is going to fill an infrastructural gap in industries that haven't yet been transformed by technology, i.e. food supply chain management Mm -hmm. or, you know, medical health records. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that are already in the works. Uh, Energy trading is, is something that's coming up as well. So I think people have to have more of a holistic view as to, okay, if you want to use blockchain to solve a problem, is there any other solution that can be provided or is blockchain uniquely constructed or uniquely suitable for that problem? Mm-hmm. So don't just use blockchain because blockchain's about yes. find the right solution. That's right. That's yeah. right. You know, and okay, I think so a lot of people were riding off that blockchain see, hype. You're teaching me stuff already. <laughs> so you, can teach, you can teach me, then I'm sure everyone can understand it. Sure. Um, so, Christian, I'm really, I'm really excited to hear about like what what you're doing currently, and I definitely okay. want to explore what happened um, at at your speech on the International Women's Day. I thought it was an excellent, Thank excellent you. discussion. Thank I really learned a lot from you. Um, but I suppose I kind of want to tie that into a little bit about. Um, what you stand for and what you believe in in currently and what's happening within the blockchain community. And I suppose to tie that a bit to your speech on International Women's Day where you spoke a lot about your success being um, being a result of the fantastic support you've had at home and, and further than, than just close home um, o- over the years of your life that's allowed you to become as successful as you have been. Um, so it'd be great for you just to share a little bit about what you were saying sure. uh, and then, then perhaps to talk a bit about the success of blockchain. Too. Okay. So, uh, you know, thank you for, for raising that point. Thank you for talking about it. Uh, with, there's a lot. With blockchain, uh, let me just, I realised that your last question was also to define what blockchain was. So, <laughs> um, so blockchain, in very simple terms, is an electronic security cabinet. It safely secures information. And it's safe because, or at least the security aspect comes from cryptography. And cryptography is the process of encryption. And encryption is the process of codifying data so that if we are communicating, no one else can intercept it. Mm -hmm. Say, for example, someone else was here and they could also speak English. If we wanted to communicate in a way that they didn't understand 
we could then speak German mm -hmm. and you cut them out. And that's the process that encryption really epitomizes. Okay, It's yeah. about making sure that only the person in which that data or that message is, is intended for receives, receives it. it yeah. So in terms of how um, my, my family has sort of impacted that, The day that I went for the hackathon, they didn't really know where I was. <laughs> I was very much, I, I have ants in my pants. Um, but one of the things that I really do appreciate and that I was saying at, at the UBS International Women's Day talk is that I love my parents. I think that they've done a phenomenal job, even if they don't think that themselves, if I'm being honest. Um, my dad can come up with 15 million things that he's done wrong and he'd rather do better. Well, he was at the event, <laughs> It was great to have met him, and he was so proud oh, when you were talking. It was fantastic. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm humbled to have their support and their continued support, mm. you know, that it didn't stop when we turned 18, you know, now you're yeah. an adult. Yeah. It's continued since then. And I feel that what they've done is that they've created an environment where we were happy to learn. You know, no one was forced to do maths. Mm. Mm. We, we really enjoyed it and... Mm. Um, Uh, you know, I, I, I really loved working on numeracy. I really enjoyed it. I think because of the fact that naturally as a creative person, I, linguistically I wasn't as, as developed. Yeah. Um, okay, so I actually went for speech therapy when I was eight years wow. old. And so that really, if I'm being honest, it not my confidence because my understanding of an intelligent person was how well they could articulate themselves. And I knew that um, it wasn't really my strong point. So I have a lot of energy and I diverted it into maths and sport. Nice. Um, and really what that manifested into is me having the freedom to express myself that way. I was rubbish at art, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I, I mean, I could draw, I could do graffiti, but it was never quite observational drawing of what that plant looked like. Yeah. It was very much what I call... you were good at maths. Yes, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And it and, helped and a great your, deal. And your family supported that. Yeah, I think because my, my family, um, you know, I, I think it helped that I had an older sister and they were able to sort of identify in her what made her tick. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like they had a blueprint. Then also my parents are avid learners. Mm -hmm. So they weren't born with it, mm -hmm. but they sort of picked up from each child, okay, what have we done well here? What has not quite worked so well? And how do we incorporate that into the support we give to the next yeah. one? And, you know, there's an African proverb that it takes a village to, to raise a child. Uh, but honestly, my, my parents, it wasn't just my parents that gave me support, it was different organisations. So I'm from City London, from Walthamstow, um, from East. So uh, what I feel that happened is a, a concept that I feel was articulated by Outliers. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of the book Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. But in terms of the, there are certain factors that have to be met in order for something to occur. So I think that we were growing up in Walthamstow and in the East End and in the inner city at a time where there was more initiatives to facilitate social mobility. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it's almost like there was an element of loco parentis, which is 
which is Latin for, you know, you, you pass on the parental responsibility to the institution. So those organisations, uh, AC Diversity and also Windsor Fellowship, you know, they, they played a role in being able to reinforce, you know, the values that my parents were doing their best to, to bring us up on. And, and I think what, what also helped me a great deal is, I guess, the wider community, the wider network, uh, but definitely um, strong paternal influence mm. did play a role, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, but um, I feel that, that it's an element of everyone's input. I, I, I absolutely loved what you said, and Thanks. I've got to say, at the International Women's Day uh, UBS conference, mm-hmm. um, everyone in the room spoke so positively about, about actually that, that, that African proverb, what mm. you're saying, it takes a village to raise a child. Mm. Because I think that in the, um, especially on International Women's Day, in the diversity and inclusion discussions at the moment, finding good role models um, or having good role role models accessible to as many people as possible is a huge part of the debate. And actually, if um, anyone asks me about what can we do, what can we do more of, is actually having having women, having um, different ethnicities, different cultural, religious, age, backgrounds, um, in in positions where they have they have worked their way into a position of success, sure. and that other people can see it. And I think you, what you were saying about the village raises the, the child is it isn't just one role model. I think it's lots. Yes, in lots absolutely. of different manners. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. And I think it's really important that within the diversity and inclusion debate that we're we're able to talk um, about. Your, your paternal, um, your, 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 the, the love, the love for your father, and the yeah. support that he was given, and the fact that he was there that day. Yeah. And one thing that, that really stuck with me about the um, about the event was um, a number of the speakers, I think, including yourself, said we need more men in this room on International Women's Day because sure. to really move it forward, I, I think it needs to be a collaboration. Absolutely. So that kind Absolutely. of leads me to my next question: Where do you think the industry is? Is going now. What can we do to, to to make not just blockchain as blockchain better, but blockchain when it comes to the diversity and inclusion debate better? And how us as an industry can can move forward? I think that's first and foremost. That's a great question. In it's terms question. of <laughs> it is a very big question uh, because everybody has their own perspective, and right. the minute we stop operating in silos, it's going to become a lot easier. And the reason why I say that is that when you actually look at the blockchain space, I think actually everybody who is there is there for a good reason. You know, they they identify the opportunities that blockchain poses and they are on board. They are evangelists. They are, you know, in my case, what I call a blockchain believer, right? I believe in the power of blockchain. I think what we, we would need to do, especially to make it more wide spread and more mainstream is integrated into um, either aspects of life that people can identify with Mm -hmm. or integrate it with their interests so that it can be used as a leverage to learn more about it or to raise awareness. Um, I think what's going on at the moment is that there's quite a few projects there and there that are working maybe independently on identity management or there's different um, networks, trade bodies, associations, the like. Um, 
what there, there probably needs to be more of is collaboration yeah um and a united voice or a united approach and consolidated approach as to okay how are we going to affect this change and make you know blockchain more accessible to people who mm. wouldn't really understand it or mm. haven't come across it before because i think one of the things that really entices me to blockchain is the future opportunities for jobs the future opportunities for businesses the future opportunities for economies you know and and its ability and its transformative nature to be able not just to store information but to be transparent with where things are coming from and where they're going to mm-hmm. you know if we look at the case of food supply chain management there yeah. was a case in the united states of 100 people dying over a piece of salad and uh, that was the case because the particular supermarket or the poli- the, i don't know what they call it in the states i think it's a, a grocery store or yeah, something yeah, yes yeah. right so so the 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 mini mall that it came from or the the shop that it came from had sourced that salad from several different farms and they didn't know exactly where that salad had come from now if if the supply chain process was stored on the blockchain it would be a lot easier to track to know which farm it came from yeah. to know how to resolve that problem there's several other cases even with coffee beans and where they come from but if that can be made more aware or made more of um uh, made more or less just made sure that um that information is passed on to the wider public or if there's any way to channel that information to people who need to hear it you know who maybe they're sitting on the fence when it comes to innovation it, it becomes a lot more of an easier conversation to have mm-hmm. and that's why a lot of the, you know the work that I'm I'm focusing on now is how do you make blockchain more accessible to people who wouldn't normally you know mm. be aware of it so it's a, a project it's very exciting yeah. <laughs> it's very exciting um very full on because i'm doing that at the same time as writing um my first ever blockchain book excellent uh, for can't students. wait for that <laughs> very exciting um and and there are other you know books and projects in, in the works so i'm i'm managing that that's really my goal of the year mm-hmm. um to to be able to get 10,000 people to explain blockchain well enough to their grammar or, or, or to to understand blockchain well enough to explain it to their grammar um and a so far <laughs> exactly a literal security, security cabinet. cabinet there we go I can explain that to my <laughs> two-year-old grandma no thank problem. you thank you I'll do that this evening when I call her. thank you and and I'd love for you to, to to get a video and 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 share it as well because that'd yeah. be amazing and hashtag hashtag road to 10,000 um I will do it... that I'll actually take a video of how I explain it and I'll okay. send it to you okay thank you see how well it goes down um so look Christiana thank you so much for your time today and uh, we've absolutely loved having you on the Harrington Staff Fintech uh, podcast. Thank you. You are our first one, so wow. congratulations. Thank you so a, much. A pleasure, a pleasure to have you here. Is there any comments you'd like to leave us on? I think my main comment is don't be dumbfounded when you hear people use jargon in blockchain or new and emerging technologies. Just take a moment, either ask them for further clarifications. Don't be afraid to look stupid. uh because it's the only way 
that, that you can learn. Like you can ask questions to learn, but don't be afraid of how you're going to look because at the end of the day, the plus um, uh, benefit is that you can get that information. But always remember that you are capable and honestly, your best is yet to come. You're going to be Your fine. best is yet to come. Yes, your Thank best you is yet to come. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Please join us again on the new FinTech podcast, Humans of FinTech. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you.